What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity, uh, where we will address questions dealing with evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, relationship advice, and the list goes on and on and on. My disclaimer is this, I am not perfect. I'm not infallible. Therefore, the advice I give to you, the responses I share with you might not be good for you. If that's the case, please reject whatever it is that I say has not helped you to grow in your relationship with God and his church. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Christ more in prayer, study, fellowship, and worship so that God can give you the grace that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first-time listener, you can be up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all the podcast outlets, and you can share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for them as well. On today's show, I'm super excited. We have a returning guest, one of my good friends, for about the past, I would say, what, uh, almost 10 years now, yeah, probably, huh? About, a yeah, decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Since I've, been, I've been in New Orleans for 10 years, so we've been hanging out since then. Wow, that's crazy. Which, by the way, I just want to let the listener know that you did all that by memory, and that was very impressive. That hey. was, that was, there was no script, there was nothing. You just said all that, you know, by memory. So good job, man. That thanks, was great. thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I receive your, your affirmation. Uh, is, that your, is that your love language? Words of affirmation. Oh, well, we, we we talked about this already at the marriage retreat. So yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. your love language. I got you, yeah, bro. I got yeah, you. Not the marriage. Well, we did go on the marriage retreat together. Well, but, now, but this is about we, to get real awkward. We weren't. We did not. We weren't on a married couples retreat. He was the 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 lead like facilitator, and I was the priest. And so just just so we're clear, we got to make this abundantly clear yeah, before we start uh, talking he's about married to a woman, but, and yes. I'm married to the church. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it got awkward. Anyways, so Dr. Morris Acasa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Father Josh. I'm <laughs> happy to be here. I appreciate it. So you are a, a licensed marriage and family counselor? Yeah, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist counselor. Absolutely. Yep. And, Been in uh, practice for over 15 years. I think I shared this last time we were on the show. So uh, so grateful to have, to be back. Thanks, yeah. man. So like, any, anytime I get questions about dating and marriage, I always like to have uh, you on the show because you have such wisdom. You've helped a lot of people I know about their marriages and also people just in general who need counseling, uh, who want to experience a much healthier lifestyle. And so on today's show, you and I are going to address a number of questions about uh, discernment with dating, with marriage, relationships, boundaries, etc. Uh, and so I'm super excited to address those questions with you because this is your gift. Uh, but uh, before we, we jump into those really good questions, I want to hear from you a glory story. I appreciate that. I'm happy to to be the guy who offers the glory story on the podcast. You know, I'm a parent. I have four sons and uh, two of them are teenagers. And what's really cool is that being a parent of a teenager is you start seeing kind of adulthood kind of bubbling inside of them. And you can see there are moments where you're like, wow, like I can see that like there's 
you're going to be a cool man, you know, and not just like a boy. And there's this transition yeah. that's happening. And so with, with my boys in high school right now, um, one of them in, in particular has been having a little bit of an issue with, with, uh, with a kid that's been teasing him. Mm. And, uh, and we've been having conversations about this experience. And, um, and I've asked him, I said, you know, how do you feel when he makes these comments? And there been a couple of boys that have been kind of picking on him. One has just been crossing lines, but another has been intentionally kind of, kind of mean about it. Mm. And so we've been talking about, about this experience and, and, and the way that he's handled himself is he said, you know, listen, I know what he's saying isn't true. Like, I know it's, it's, it's a lie. And if he gets in my face or whatever, I certainly will, will shove him, you know, and we'll, we'll push him back and defend myself and, and put a boundary. But recently something happened where, where the kid crossed the line. And so my son appropriately, uh, spoke to, you know, the, the, the teacher, the person in charge, and then also to the lead disciplinarian of the school. And so the situation was, was taken care of rather quickly. And the kid's not doing anything to him, hasn't bothered him ever since. Oh, praise God. Which has been great. So, but the conversation, the way, the way him and I, we've talked about this, as I said, you know, listen, bud, I said, you know, not that we've wanted this to happen to you, but this is part of the reason why we've put you in high school. We've been homeschooled up until high school. High school, we want this transition to happen before they go to college. I said, because we want to be able to give you experiences to be able to to show, you know, kind of how you're going to grow and form from yeah. this stuff. And so just when I told him that, like, this was part of our master plan, you know, his face was like, you know, you could see kind of a change in him a little bit. And I said, we wouldn't have put you in an environment like this if we didn't think that you could handle it, mm. you know? And so just kind of give him the confidence to know that like whatever adversity is there, like you have the capacity to, to, to learn it. But then also saying that, you know, you have another brother who's in the school that can help you out. We're obviously family. We're here to help you. This is what we're supposed to, this, it's in these moments that we're supposed to be family and rally together. And so that you don't have to do any of this by yourself. So just that, this experience, which ended yeah, up being so really good, difficult yeah. for him, ended up being an opportunity for us to be able to remind him that he's not alone, even as he's facing this, and that he has the capacity to handle this this adversity. It was really just a blessing as a parent, um, because this is what you work towards. Yeah, it's so mature. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's growing and learning conflict management and those yep. are skills that are going to help throughout the rest of his life as well. Well, I mean, because the goal isn't the goal isn't just to protect our kids. Like, that's part of it. But that can lead to coddling. The goal is to form our kids to be healthy, functioning, faithful adults. And so that means that there has to be opportunities for them to exercise and to grow in adversity, in virtue, in grit, in willpower, in tenacity, all the things that, that we want to happen. Those things don't just materialize out of nothing, mm -hmm. um, we have to give them opportunities for that. So while it can be scary, absolutely, as parents to see your kids struggling, sometimes though, it's it's the right thing for them. Um, so anyways, that was a little bit of a glory story, maybe a little that's bit too that, long. That's great. No, but, I love that. Yeah, I, th I thought you were going to tell me that his other brother and him jumped the kid and, <laughs> and uh, it went down. I, was like, uh, I, I saw I saw the kid at, a, at an event and I gave him the I gave him the stare, you know, just to yeah. remind him like, you know, that this is, I'm his dad. You I, know? See so, you, bro. I, I see, see you, bro. You. <laughs> I see you, bro. I see you. Like in our family, <laughs> yeah. it's a pack. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, I remember when I was in middle school, so in my middle school I went to, uh, it was, we had fights every single day. Like there was fights with students and students, students and teachers had fights. It was just very chaotic. And there was one family where uh, a couple of the siblings, they failed uh, eighth grade or seventh grade or sixth grade over and over again. And so there were like five or six siblings in our sixth to eighth grade class. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all scared of them. Yeah, because they're all like 16. And yeah, one, because they're they're way above age. Two, because if you fought one. You fought all. You fought all. So like yeah. typically whenever this family got into a fight, like it would be in the mornings, we'd be in the gym, and we'll see one person. And they were just very violent. Uh, you know, they had a rough, a rough life. 
And uh, and and it was just like don't don't do it. And we would just watch. It was like hyenas. They would just jump on somebody, and they never got expelled either. They got detention. They got suspended. But it was not a safe place. Yeah, no, like, clearly like looking not. Looking back, I'm like that was not a safe environment, <laughs> bro. Uh, so I, I wish we could have had people like you in our life to to accompany us and help us to have better conflict management skills of saying, hey. Like, that's not okay, bro. Like, yeah, no. Fall back. Yeah, it's not okay. Uh, I mean, I, I told them, obviously, if it ever got to that, you have every right to defend yourself and you defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And said, and you live with the consequences, whatever yeah. they are. So I know you're not somebody who's going to go initiating this. Yeah. So, but but if it gets to that, I'm not that I want that. That's the last resort. But if it gets to that, then we'll, we'll deal with it. You know, as There's we a there. funny scene from a so. TV show. I, I've never seen this TV show. I just saw the clip. It's like they made a... Uh, a gif out of it or a meme I think it's a gif where it's like a little short video you can text to people like a five second of uh, a TV show which I don't know the name of the show either but there were these two brothers and the older brother was getting picked on Uh and so the little brother came up to the bully and swung his book sack at him and knocked him out and the other brother was like how did your book sack knock him out and the little brother pulled a brick. Oh, mercy. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I got your back, big brother. I got your back. And I was like, all right, this, there it is right there. That's virtue. Yeah, all yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, how does this fit with turning the other cheek? And uh, <laughs> I guess yes. maybe that's another episode we could talk about that's, that. That is, yes. So the Bible says, uh, <laughs> there, there it is. All right, so with that being said, <laughs> let's jump said, into let's... today's show. <laughs> First question today comes in from Matt. Matt writes a question about discerning the sacrament of matrimony. Hi, Father Josh. At what point? Oh, and by the way, before we answer this question, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Dr. Mario. He has a new dating series that I got to watch most of it, and it's called Dating Well. You can uh, find this at faithandmarriage.org. Faithandmarriage.org. It is absolutely amazing. I want to like promote it like crazy because I know a lot of people like want to learn how to have like virtuous relationships, how to go on a date, how to serve marriage. Like it's, it's a substantial program uh, and it's really good. It's a bunch of videos where he's talking. He gives you questions to reflect on. He gives you resources to follow, to follow up. You can do it by yourself. You can do it as a couple. You can do it with friends. Uh, I highly, highly encourage you if you want to have a healthy and a holy relationship, you want to be free to discern if you're called to vocation of marriage, this is a great tool. So whether you're dating somebody now or you're single, if you think that marriage might be an option for you, which it is the natural vocation, so like most of us should at least be uh, uh, open to it, uh, then I definitely would highly encourage you to go to faithinmarriage.org and check out Dating Well by Dr. Mara Sacasa. Absolutely amazing. We're going to talk about it the show, and, and I'll ask you questions between questions about why you did this program in this season of your, of your life. But first question is about discerning marriage. Uh, hey, Father Josh, at what point should you start seriously discussing marriage in a relationship? I know that you shouldn't date someone if you're not interested in marrying them, but when do you start talking about it intentionally? I'm nervous that if I bring it up too soon, my girlfriend might get uncomfortable and think I'm moving too fast. Advice. Matt. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you man. got it. You oh, got yeah. it. Why don't you tackle it? You, you got thoughts on it or you want me to? I, I do have some thoughts on it, but I, I, f- I would feel better if I, like, was your wingman, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your okay. hype man. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah, what he said, what he yeah. said, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Matt, g- great question. Um, 
it, it's it, and it's a it's a wonderful question, obviously, to be asking to praying with. So obviously, like you're not going to lead the first date with that, you know, be like, hey, we're going to discern marriage, you know, right out of the gates. Like that puts too much pressure and would probably scare her. But I think that if if you've been dating this person for a couple months and you're not dating other people and you kind of already transitioned to the kind of hey, like this is getting a little bit more serious, kind of committed phase of the relationship then I think in that vein, it's appropriate to ask the question. And really it can kind of go something like this. This is kind of a script that I would say, you know. So you can say something like this. You can say, listen, I'm really enjoying our relationship and how things have progressed and gone over the last few months, but I just want to talk about what your goals are in life and how marriage and family life fits within those goals. For me, that's something that's important. I just want to know if we're on the same page about discerning that, you know, that's all. So just kind of a little bit of a script like that, you know, you're not, you're not being too pressure. You're not being like, we have to get married. We got to figure this out. No, but what you're doing is you're just trying to say, okay, what's the trajectory of our relationship? What's the trajectory of our lives? First and foremost, like how does marriage and family life fit within the goals of, of, of my life, of your life? And how do we then work together towards discerning and deciding if this is something that, that we in fact want to move towards. And so that's a, I think in my, in my estimation, a way of being able to just kind of lob it out there, you know, without being over, over heavy, you're not saying like, we're going to, I'm getting on a knee, I'm proposing right now, not trying to scare her away, but just to try to assess what the values and the goals are and to see if you guys are on the same page. And if she does say, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I, I wanted to, I want marriage in my life. And yes, I'm, I mean, things are going great. You know, it's still at the beginning of this thing. I don't have an answer, but I would love to just continue to figure out if this is exactly what God wants for me and for us. Then, then awesome. Then that means that you need to be praying a little bit more in the relationship, you know, every so often intentionally kind of having a conversation about the state of the relationship, how things are going, and and just being open then to the Lord kind of guiding you and figuring out and being committed then to getting an answer to that question, whether that is moving forward or breaking up at some point. And that's it. That's a great answer, man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think as, as a vocation director for guys discerning priesthood, one of the things that I always tell guys, when you go to seminary, you're not going to seminary because you know you're going to be a priest. You go to seminary just to find out, like, is the priesthood for me? And you're placing yourself in, a, in a, an environment that is conducive to discovering. And so if, if, it's, if marriage is the vocation you feel called to, then uh, you first date a lot of girls, right? And then at some point you commit to one girl and, and as the relationship goes deeper- You don't have then, to date a lot of girls. I won't interrupt you on that. My so, bad. Yeah, you so, don't have to date- You don't but, have to date a lot of girls. I but you could be open to- da- You can be open. Dating yes. is- da- there, there's, there's, yeah. I think there's a difference between dating and like having a girlfriend. Correct. So when you're, I do too. When you're in a dating phase, like I think you should be free to date whoever you want to date. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you're clear with people you're dating as well. Like, Correct. hey, I'm just like yep. going on dates right now. Yeah. 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 Um, and then- but in those relationships, you're not necessarily discerning marriage. And I think right. that's the distinction that, that Matt is asking is mm-hmm. that if you're just kind of going on casual dates with people, then that's fine. Those are just casual dates, have boundaries, yeah. of course, and all that in place. But once you kind of settling and you're like, man, I'm really committed to somebody, this girl's really kind of capturing my imagination yeah. a little bit more. Then at that point, you just want to make sure as that part you're on of the same page, you're on the same page. Yeah. That's it. And you want to be on the same page about a lot of things. And one of those things, of course, is, you know, discerning marriage. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> Great, great job. So hopefully, Matt, that was helpful. I love your script that you gave as well, uh, Dr. Mario. That was yeah. a good script. Uh, I, I've said after I watched your your series, I'm glad I watched it as a priest. And I've been a priest for eight years. I love the priesthood. I'm happy as a priest. Uh, I am totally fulfilled in my bride of the church and, and just with Christ. And uh, But I think if I would have seen your Dating Well series before I said yes to going to the seminary, I'd probably be married at this point <laughs> because I learned so much game from like watching that series just as far as like 
healthy friendships and communication with the other person and all the other stuff. I mean, can you kind of just break down to us what inspires you to even like produce this, this this series? Well, first I want to say I appreciate the fact that you're saying this now on air because you had said that to me before and yeah. I felt like I couldn't use that as an official quote from Father Josh, but but now I can. There it yeah. is, you know. So so what inspired me to to do this? Well, Questions like this, like Matt has been asking here and others, the other ones that we'll be tackling, are questions that I've been hearing for years in my counseling practice. And when you do this work, and I'm sure you've experienced this also, probably some of the stuff that inspired you to write some of your books, is that when you're when you're doing the work of the of 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 the church and you're ministering to people and you're meeting with people and you start hearing patterns, you're like, man, like there's people, lots of people are kind of saying this, or lots of people are asking this. So maybe there's a larger audience, you know, for answers, these answers, because if these people are asking them, and this is a small sample size of people who I actually interact with mm. individually, then maybe there's a larger group of people that are also asking these type of questions. And so I'm sure it's similar. It's inspired, you know, uh, Broken and Blessed and some of the other books that you've been working on. It's similar for me. It was just that my experience came out of that, that I've been hearing these questions emerge over the years of my work. And these are the answers that I've given, you know, to to my clients. And, uh, and so that was really what inspired me to say, like, I think a resource like this is needed. This isn't so much about getting game and, and, and knowing how to flirt and, and knowing how to pick up girls. Like, I think there are other programs that, that do that well. But I think there was kind of a there was something missing in kind of the dating resources, which is that so often when we think of dating, we almost think of single ministry, you know, dating ministry, single. It's learning how to, it's learning how to not be single and turn into dating, which I do have some of that, but I also wanted to offer something to dating couples, almost kind of like a premarital, premarital inventory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not so much because I don't want to have that grab the heaviness on everything, but how is a dating couple, what is unique about the dating relationship itself? And then what are things that you should be assessing and doing in a dating relationship, even before you're engaged, even before you're married? So that's really kind of the focus of dating well is that. So it's wonderful for dating couples to do that, but singles to do it also in preparation for their next relationship. Or if, if you just broke up and want to understand maybe why you broke up as a single person, then it, it can give you some answers uh, for that as well. So that's really where the heart of the program kind I mean, of emerges I, from. I, and I found some of your the content in your video uh, would even be helpful for like religious orders or people living in community in general. Like some some of the tools that you gave were universal. Like they weren't just specific towards dating, but like if I were to like live in community with other priests or for sisters who live in community, you gave some tools that I thought were just helpful in general for the body of Christ. Yeah, because some of it's communication and relationship stuff. So so some of that is general, but it can take a particular flavor in, in yeah. dating. But then, but relationships are relationships. And so whether you're in community life or living with your brother priests, then yeah, for sure, there's some things that are there, you know, that, that I think can be helpful. But, you know, obviously if you're watching... If you're a parochial vicar and, and you're looking at dating well to try to understand, it, <laughs> you know, your pastor rightfully might might be asking like, questions. What is going on here, bro? Like, talk about define the relationship. Like, say, exactly, bro, DTR, like, baby, DTR. We, uh, <laughs> okay. This this ain't what you think it is, bro. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to uh, answer another question. Uh, this question comes in from Anonymous. It's about bringing baggage uh, to a relationship. Hey, Father Josh, I was baptized Catholic as a baby but never really went to church or learned much about the faith. I had a conversion in college and really started taking my faith seriously. I recently started dating a really great Catholic girl. She knows that I didn't really start living like a Catholic until a couple of years ago. However, I think I need to share more about my past. I'm not a virgin and I know I need to share this with her. When do you do this in a relationship? Like tell people about your baggage. Specifically, I don't want to tell her too soon, but 
it also feels kind of dishonest to not tell her thanks for the advice, Anonymous. So one thing I always tell people in any relationship is in the beginning of a relationship or friendship, uh, share your chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. withhold your barbecue sauce. You got it. Right? You, right. Don't, you don't want to share too much too soon because someone has to earn your trust uh, before you, you, you bear your soul to them because that person might not reverence your, your heart. Um, but if you are in a relationship with somebody, they need to know who they're in a relationship with, which means at some point in the relationship, uh, you need to have these kind of conversations. That way they can be free to actually discern if they want to move forward because that person you're dating has the freedom to say whether or not they want to date somebody um, who has a particular past that might not jive with with what they're able to handle. That does not mean that you're not good or they're not good. It just means we have to respect people where they're at and in freedom, people should be able to discern. And so I think, yeah, at some point you do need to have the conversation with her and uh, I would just in- encourage you to do that at some point, but it, never in the beginning, never like the first date. Like that's like not the place because you know that person and that person going to tell your business to everybody. So once there's trust established, uh, then I think it's, it's very healthy, holy and mature to be appropriately vulnerable with that person. And then again, and as a, as a, I think there's a difference between uh, someone you date and someone you're like, you're dating as your boyfriend, girlfriend. And there's another difference of vulnerability with someone you're engaged to. Yep. And then there's another difference of someone you're married to. And so like with each level, there's more intimacy um, emotionally and, and physically and spiritually that I think you're invited to cross those thresholds that uh, you just don't do too soon. Amen. I, I agree. So I think it, this piggybacks off the last question about discerning marriage. And so if you've already had that conversation you, and you feel like you're on the same page, then I think this is when you start talking about kind of things in the past. And I have a whole lesson on this actually in Dating Well about when to talk about what. And so we do tackle this question very specifically in in, in the series. But I think you're right. It's, it's not a first date type of thing because you don't know the person and the person, you don't know if they're trustworthy yet. But if you've made a decision to kind of really discern marriage, then yeah, you kind of need to start opening up and putting things mm-hmm. on the table. So again, how do you start this? Well, I think one is, I think as, as the anonymous stated, that they weren't raised in a, in a particularly religious home. And so maybe you can start by sharing certain things, you know, b- about your past. What was it like growing up in an environment like that? W- what was your upbringing like? So you can start sharing maybe some things that aren't all the, the dirty laundry, but but you're starting to be a little bit more honest about what your experience was and to see how the person responds to even that little bit of, 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 of revelation about yourself. Explain what is it that brought you to the Lord? What was your conversion experience like? So again, now you're going a little bit deeper in terms of aspects of your heart and and about your past. And if you feel that there has been genuine kind of meeting of that with 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 compassion or reciprocity or interest, and that the person is is trustworthy for more, then you can start sharing more about about the past. And then you can start sharing things that you talked about sexual sins of the past or things of that nature. Then you can reveal that. And then you've now revealed it all. And in the, you don't have to give out all the, the play-by-play nitty-gritty details either. Like just kind of start by just kind of casually, you know, kind of saying some of it and then seeing how, how they respond. So again, we're kind of working in gradations of, of depth of conversation and you're not just leading with this, but you're kind of working towards it and, and you're giving them an opportunity. So, so what you're doing then is, is you're testing the relationship to some degree because you want to know if she's trustworthy or he's trustworthy of your past because your past is, it's, it's, it's part of you. It's part of your history. It's not something that, it's something sacred, actually. It's not something that we should just toss out and give it to everybody. We well, Only certain people deserve to know these aspects of ourselves. And you're trying to discern if this particular person is trustworthy enough to, to do that. 
Um, and so, so you want to do that. So if you do that and it goes well, then what this can be is actually a tremendous um, uh, relationship builder because you now know that this person actually is even more trustworthy than you thought even before the conversation. And that's awesome. That's a good person. You want to continue to grow in discerning that. Or it could be that the person has serious misgivings about certain things, and that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you necessarily. It just means that there's something on their side that they have to kind of navigate. So what do you do then? Then you give them an opportunity to kind of navigate and, and, and change whatever expectation that they had about who a potential marriage partner was supposed to be or supposed to look like. And if they can overcome those expectations, then great, things are good. If they can't overcome it over time, even with giving some patience to it and they can't seem to get past this, then that says something more about some misgivings on their side than it does about yours. And that's fine too, although that's not a good sign in terms of the longevity of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think... I'm I'm, I'm going to keep going back and forth between this and like priesthood and religious yep, life. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of like religious orders. Like I've walked with young women who are discerning religious life and there are some orders that have like they, they have rules about who they will and will not accept and what they can and cannot handle. And, um, and I think that it's, there's a, it's a sign of maturity to like, to, to be able to like self-awareness, like, no, like this is what I can walk with and this is what, what we can't walk with. Um, and so there has to be freedom on on the part of both, right? Yep. But when it comes to dioceses, when it comes to seminaries, when it comes to religious orders, when it comes to people who are pursuing any any state of life vocation of service, uh, we have to be willing to like, uh, we make the proposal, but part of the sermon is after we make a proposal, uh, is for the other person to accept or reject it. And that acceptance or rejection of the proposal is not an acceptance or rejection of like, of my good. It's just, this is what I can and can't walk with. And I know myself well enough to know what I can and can't do. So I think, yeah. That is good. To- I, I agree. I agree. And everybody has that list. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that. Everybody has those things mm-hmm. of, of what that is. And so the act of discernment then is the person in front of you yeah. and whether or not you're willing to make some changes on your list mm-hmm. um, because the person in front of you is is, is compelling you enough. Yeah. And I've seen this go both ways. Some cases it's like, nope, it's still too much. You have to let it go. But in other cases, it's like, this is the type of person I never thought I would date. Yeah. But now, but man, like... I'm 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 a better person because of this. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to be open to the Lord guiding you. Amen. Amen. Well, that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final two questions about developing feelings for people that we find aren't really drawing us closer to God and setting up boundaries in our relationships. And uh, don't forget, you can check out Dr. Mario Sacasa's new uh, dating series called Dating Well at FaithInMarriage.org. Stay tuned. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> you may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will and it's a, it's a journey of trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really like this is a book I wish I had as a young adult. Like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision and 
the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource or encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah, so go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. <laughs> buy them this book. <laughs> go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us and review us on all the podcast formats out there, and you can also share some of the social media pages. Again, if the show is helpful for you, it could potentially be helpful for other people as well. Again, on today's show, we have my good friend, Dr. Morris Acosta, joining us uh, to talk about dating and marriage and relationship advice. Our next question comes in from Gemma. Gemma is the name of one of my like top 25 saints. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Pretty cool, huh? Do you know who that is, St. Gemma? I, I should say yes, shouldn't I? Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you don't. St. Gemma. You don't, <clears throat> pray not, for us. There, yeah. there it is. Hey, Father Josh, I recently found myself developing strong feelings and an attraction to someone in my life who does not bring me closer to God. Although he is baptized and Orthodox Christian, uh, and he shares some similar beliefs, we live with different values. He doesn't strive for chastity, and I do. I find myself struggling more with weakness and temptation when I'm around him. I value our friendship, but I know intellectually that our relationship wouldn't feel right with this person. I'm confused about how to handle this kind of situation. If you have any advice for when we develop feelings for people who aren't bringing us closer to God, that would be helpful. Gemma. I'm just going to give one general rule I, it, I tell man. my, my students it. I walk with. Like a general rule of discernment for me in anything is if it's not for my holiness, then in this season of my life, it's just not for me right now. And some of our near occasions of sin and near occasions of grace, which are people placing things that either draw us closer to God or pull us further from God, they change over seasons. So in some seasons of my life, uh, the, the cell phone might be a near occasion of grace for me because I have my breviary on my cell phone. It's a GPS for me. I'm directionally challenged, so it can help me get to and from my ministry places, the missions I preach at. But other times, it could be a near occasion of sin because it could distract me from prayer, and I could check my emails during a holy hour, or I could be more focused on social media than I am on the Word of God. And so the different seasons of my life, different near occasions come and go, and they, they, could, they could change. And one, one thing that was bad for me could become good for me. One thing that was good could become bad later. Uh, and so in general, I just I encourage people just to be aware because the ultimate goal of our life is to become saints. And so if I'm aware that this friendship or this, this dating relationship um, is, is, is becoming a hindrance to my relationship with God, then there's some boundaries that need to be established. I'm not saying that we have to then, therefore, excommunicate those people from our lives, but I do think that we need to set up some and have intentional conversations with those people and then go go from there and see where it takes us. But uh, but sometimes it is helpful to put some space between us and people that, that we find are drawing us further and further away from uh, virtue and from Jesus and from his church. Yep, no, I, I agree. And, and I think it's a tough situation here because obviously there's a lot of attraction. And you can see in the question that Gemma has, uh, clearly has a lot of attraction for this guy. And hey, you know what? Praise the Lord grateful that that you experienced that and sometimes you meet people in life that you just have chemistry with you know and it's like man poof, okay it's there thank you jesus you know we're praying mm -hmm. we, we thank you for our humanity but i think the key in what you're saying also is that she says that she's aware to some degree that the relationship isn't leading her closer to god and that that's the key there you know because 
certainly then that means that something needs to change. And so can you have the conversation about setting boundaries? And is he on the same, you said he's not on the same page, but can you reiterate that and say, okay, well, you know, like this is something that's a value for me. This is what's important to me is for us to be chaste and to support chastity. And he might not be on that same page. And he might be frustrated by the fact that you can't go further because maybe he feels that feels that's something that's important for dating couples to be doing, but you feel that it isn't. And so if there's going to be a difference there, can you respect each other? Can you, can you respect your boundaries? And if he can't, then of course, then that becomes an issue. You know, that, that, that might be insurmountable. That might be a situation where, where it might be too big to, to find some common ground on that. But give him an opportunity, you know, see if he's willing to grow, see if he's willing to see your side of it, and then kind of go from there. But again, going back to the comment about like, you know, is the relationship leading you closer to God? And if the answer is no, and how do you know that? Well, you know if you're growing in virtue, you know if you're growing as a person, you know if if you're developing better habits as an individual, if you're more charitable, these type of things are emerging. And if the answer is no, well, then again, this is the place of of, of discernment because you do want to be on the same page. But I reiterate, you know, like it's tough because if you are attracted to them and there is a lot of feeling that's there, then what do you do? Um, you certainly offer those feelings to the Lord. You praise him and you thank him for it. And then you surrender and trust that you'll be able to find that type of chemistry with somebody who's a better personality match and who's a little better match with your value set. And that those feelings and those desires, God will not forsake you for them and that you will find somebody else who will be, uh, like I said, a, a better match for you in your faith and in your values. And do you find in your experience that sometimes distance might also help with the feelings decreasing for that person? Like, so like if, I, if I'm always seeing this person like so, say if you go to they're they're in college right now and they're always around each other, then I think it might be hard to like begin to like to, to find freedom from like oh my gosh because I'm always seeing the person. But I, I I just I've walked with people where over the summer break because they didn't see the person for a whole summer, that's when they finally were able to like to start to yep. let go or whatever and move on. Well, because um, what that that break does is that it's it's a it's a it's a discernment piece. It's a test. Like, are we, is this just infatuation mm. and there's just chemistry and there's just a lot of attraction because we're spending a lot of time together because it's new or and you, you test that you put time in between. And if it's of the Lord, then you, what you'll see is that there will be more growth, not necessarily with the attraction, but, but with the love and the desire for the person in a healthy sense, mm. like that grows. If it's genuine love, if it's just infatuation, then that fades very, very quickly. Yeah. Cause then it becomes yeah. out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to some degree, I, I, I yes, I, I, I agree. And, so, yeah. Yeah. and then finally, the, uh, the image I had when I was praying with this particular question was of Adam and Eve in the garden. I mean, the, the tree of knowledge yep. was attractive. And, yep. uh, and so just because something is attractive <laughs> and because we desire it does yep. not mean that it's, it's going to be good for us. That's correct. Uh, one of the, 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 the renunciations that we say whenever we celebrate a baptism is do you renounce um, Satan, not only the father of lies, but the, the one who seduces us. Mm -hmm. And so so cer certain things are very seductive, but just because it's seductive does not mean that it's going to be healthy or helpful for us to to grow and become a saint and yeah. walk toward eternity. But then I reiterate that there's nothing wrong with you for being attracted to it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the fact that you feel chemistry there, mm. that's something that you then want to just kind of monitor and say, okay, as I'm dating, I'm also trying to piece together what I'm looking for in a relationship. And if you realize that like, man, you know, this is an aspect of it that I do want in a future relationship, but I just, I just want it with somebody who's on the same page with me with mm -hmm. regards to chastity, then 
that's good. That's that's yeah. that's you doing the act of the sermon in terms of figuring out what you're kind of looking for, you know, in a future. Yeah. Spouse. So the approach of some of the saints who precede us is that they don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's right. And so you have to be able to like, like dissect it and say, okay, this is really good. This is something that's good for me. This is helpful. This is not so good. This is where it goes wrong. And so it's important for us to be able to to live in the tension, I think, yep, and, and be okay with, all right, this is uncomfortable, but like I'm just going to spend some time with my heart, my mind, my emotions, my past, and see what, what I'm really comfortable with and what's good for me and what's not going to be good for me as well. A final question comes in from Kate, and it is about setting boundaries in a relationship. Hi, Father Josh. My boyfriend and I are both Catholic, and when we started dating, we talked about boundaries and made them pretty clear. However, we do struggle with boundaries, and my boyfriend thinks we might need even stricter boundaries, no hand-holding or hugging. So I have, I have two questions. Number one, is it normal to struggle with your boundaries? <laughs> it's funny. Not me. <laughs> like, like, well, <laughs> I, I don't think Kate's talking about I mean, I don't know. I, we were established we, early on we, that we've been on we, a marriage retreat together. So, that's so. right. <laughs> well, we do have, I, mean, I do have boundaries with people, just so we're clear. But uh, at what point in the struggle <laughs> is it actually bad? And number two, I would really struggle to not even get to hold my boyfriend's hand or hug him. It seems really drastic, and I would... Be sad to lose that part of our relationship. Thank you for your advice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, Marty, please. I want to jump right this into one. this yeah. one because I think this is the same. It's the same question as the one before, and I was really grateful that we were able to tackle both of them and have enough time for it because it's the other side of the coin. Listen, every relationship needs to have healthy amounts of non-sexual physical contact, and so, and that's because. When you think about in marriage, like if every time you hold hands, it leads to the bedroom or every time you snuggle it leads to, the, to, to sex, then that puts way too much pressure on, on the relationship and you can't trust anything then. Sometimes you just want to plop down and watch a show together and sit next to each other and just relax. Sometimes you just want to scratch each other's back as a, as a sign of encouragement because they've had a hard day. And that doesn't all need to lead to sex. And so, so even in dating, I do believe that there has to be healthy physical contact that is non-sexual. Mm-hmm. And so holding hands, hugging, even kissing should be allowed and should be part of a healthy relationship. But again, she has to make a decision for herself in terms of what her values are and what her interests are. And so if this is something that she genuinely wants in the relationship, then she needs to fight for that also. But again, if she's going to be on the different page, again, other side of the coin from the question before, if you're going to be on different pages, different wavelengths about this, and then you have to give the relationship time to try to walk through that and to see if it can if it can get on the same page. But if not, you don't have to go forcing anything either, you know. And you can let you can let it go as well. It's like th- this is a, this is a season for us when we're dating uh, to be forming a virtue, right? And because if you're virtuous as a dating couple, then you'll also be virtuous as a married couple well, as well. It's discernment. I mean, what like dating is discernment, and what does that mean? That means that we're trying to figure out how the heck God works in my mm-hmm. life. How does God lead me? How does God make his will known to me? How do I know that it's genuinely His what he's saying? Well, how do I discern that? You pray, you reflect on yourself, you reflect on what your experiences are. You ask yourself the hard questions about what your real intentions are. You are willing to make mistakes and to fall and to learn from that, to be better on the other side of it. And so this is what this is. And so if physical affection, non-sexual physical affection is something that's important for you in your relationship, then you have every right to ask for it. Mm -hmm. If it's leading him to sin, then those are things that he has to kind of wrestle with. 
And if it's become, and if it's that he needs an extreme version of, you know, a hard, hard line, and you're not comfortable giving that to him, then you have every right to discern whether or not you want to continue this yeah. relationship. And it may be that that's what he needs, and he needs somebody else who also shares that firm boundary. That might not be you. And that's part of your yeah, discernment. Yeah, that's what we, kind of, we figure out during this time. Yeah, that's so what you figure out during this time because dating. There's a lot dating, of freedom with dating. There's yeah. a lot of freedom with dating. You can break up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can break up. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we put the same pressure on like a date, someone we're dating as we would a spouse. I'm like, there's a big Huge difference, difference between a sacrament yep. and somebody we're just dating. Like, you don't owe them anything. Like, you can walk away at any point, even if you're engaged to somebody, like, you're, not, you're, you're not married to them yet. And so there's still freedom. To walk away. I tell seminarians that like guys sometimes get all the way to uh, third theology right before diaconate. I'm like, you can still discern out and be a saint in another path, and we're not gonna have hurt feelings here. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's right. So great questions. These are great questions. Do you want to give a final plug for your your new series? Yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. So thanks for having me on the show, Father Josh. I, I'm a longtime listener and uh, love the work that you're doing here with this ministry. So blessings to you and, and all your listeners. So yeah, so dating well again. It's it's um, it's an online course. Kind of think of it as like a dating masterclass. You know, is, is the way that I've kind of conceived this thing. That has 19 lessons that takes individuals or couples by the hand and kind of walk you through the whole dating experience to help you guide your discernment. So the questions we've been asking here are questions that I'm tackling. So each of the lessons are are kind of, I would say, manageable in the sense that the videos are 7 to 17 minutes in length. So none of them are going to ask you to sit down and for 30 minutes or 45 minutes to really kind of do that. You can do three or four of them at a time if you want. Obviously, you need to pace yourself because with each video lesson, I'm asking reflection questions. And part of the journey for you is to be able to reflect on the material and reflect on your experience in a current relationship if you're in one or in previous relationships or future relationships. So so I really want to encourage people to be praying and reflecting throughout the whole process. But we do get into all these questions, you know, about what to talk about, what, how to navigate differences, arguments, when is it too much, dating apps, what the impact pornography is having on your relationship, when to break up, when to move forward, when to get engaged, what engagement should look like. I mean, we cover we cover it all, you know, in in, in the program. So Dating Well is available. Um, if you're interested in yourself or for a friend, then please check us out at faithandmarriage.org. Or you can find me on any of the socials at Dr. Mario Sacasa, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And I have links to the, the resource available on any one of those platforms. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mario. I, um, I'm always excited to, to see you and to work with you. So, yeah, you're a gift, man. Thanks, man. So let's, are you. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We entrust this episode uh, to the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right, y'all, I look forward to being with you again next week. And then after that, uh, you're going to have a pre-recorded show, because actually they're all pre-recorded. But I'm going to be in Mexico. Uh, it won't, it, yeah, they're none of them are live. But I'll be praying for me. I'll be in Mexico. And is it the Yucatan or Yucatan? How do you say it? Yucatan. Yucatan. Mario, oh, and Mario, if, if, do we have a date for your your married couples retreat for Latinos? Is Not that, yet, todavía no, pero we're but, trying. But it's, it's coming. So it's yeah, coming. so uh, our Black Catholic one will be next February, February 2023. Yes, we, got our we have a, yeah. So, is the Latino one going to be in Spanish? In español? Si lo hacemos, sí, absolutamente. Yo, bien, bien. Mm -hmm. uh, ayúdame, ayúdame, ayúdame. <laughs> All right, God bless. Dios te bendiga.